Even as the curtain rises on this penultimate act, new players strut onto this too, too crowded stage. Oh, that they would know, that they would know the importance of the deeds they would disrupt. This is my plot, my noble arc, and they would dash it upon the rocks like an unwanted child. Five. With the stroke of the quill, let their names be known, and their fates be damned. Those that would disrupt the great play shall be undone. Isold Heisenberg, the meddling, flouncing inkwit. Impediment Reed, the towering fool. Kaya Wellsmythe, she who had so much promise. Promise. Promise we shall see you whole again, united under a single banner, beautiful, your people free to do as their lords would tell them, lords free to follow the demands of kings, kings bound only by the irresistible word of their one true emperor. Yes, we all must praise the ultimate liberty. Do as you are told, or be rebellion struck down. Welcome to the Crooked Thimble, where like minds meet. Today, we present a new episode of the Iron Immortals Actual Play Podcast. I am your host, Trick Dempsey, and today we are joined by Bob Poteet as Isold Heisenberg, Brianna Dempsey as Impediment Reed, and Hannah Garbaz as Kaya Wellsmythe. This game is being conducted using a hacked version of the Dungeon World system by Sage Latora and Adam Cobal. Additionally, we are using some rules from Hamish Cameron's The Sprawl. The Crooked Thimble is a Patreon-funded company. You may find our work at crookedthimble.com and may support us at patreon.com crookedthimble. We love bringing you these podcasts, and we can continue to do so only with your support. Having succeeded at capturing a portion of the Titan from Harris Reka, Let's see how our heroes are doing. When we last left our heroes, the three of you have just discussed with the Lord Investigator that you've been kind of deputized to look into the murders of Messertog. You were deputized by Sir Sisu Rin, who has left on a minimum three-day pilgrimage to go to Harris Reka and come back with Ronnie Wren's body, his brother. You are currently staying at the palace, of sorts, because you've you've taken advantage of their hospitality, you're currently literally wearing the, the palace clothes, and the three of you are currently linked telepathically. As far as we know. As far as you know, it's just the three of you. This isn't going to go horribly awry. There are some unusual edicts in place in town right now. They are that there is a curfew for all non-nobles and non-noble parties. A play, the Messertog Passion, is forbidden to be performed in whole or in part anywhere in the bounds of the city, and some specific vandalism regarding the Messertog Passion has also been forbidden in town. Which is funny, because you'd think vandalism would be forbidden overall, but walking through the streets, that's clearly not true. You have not had contact with very many people in town. You have contacts all through the city. You may use the Discover an Ally 
uh, move to just name a character that you would like, or you can ask if such a character already exists in town. You know basically all the major players in town. You used to live here, you know, like a week ago. Okay. Uh, like two, wasn't it? Almost two weeks. Yeah, I guess. It's true. Um, your tab is still paid at the end, at the soggy bottom. Sweet. Uh, for example. Reed has priorities. <laughs> also of note is that you know you've just learned that you are being tracked using the fragment of the titan that you have. Means that can be located by other people who have fragments. Yep. Um, you also know that the mysterious benefactor has attempted to contact you, but you have yet to decrypt the message. Would like to do that, and would like to get the fragment to mysterious benefactor and away from us. I think that's a high priority. That's a reasonable plan. That's a that's a reasonable plan. What I'm going to say is that Sisu Rin gives you some leads that he knows of. Major things that he is concerned about that he was looking into with this Messertog conspiracy is, and that, that Messertog conspiracy refers to the murders of now four confirmed Waitmen in two different towns. He thinks that the people writing the slogans are involved. That doesn't seem like too great a leap. A group of players have gone through the town and performed this scenes from a play that they call the Messertog Passion. And these players uh, flee whenever the town guard arrives. Huh. And finally... He suspects that someone is gaining from... Oh no, he's got the same symbol that you've seen. He's also seen of uh, the the unusual symbol that Unbound had and left with uh, Baron Nyland. And Baron Nyland gave to you. You still don't know what that symbol is means or what it's called, but you know it's related to Unbound somehow. Hmm. That being the case... Uh, those are sort of the major notes that you have. Zizorin gives you more notes that we can consult later. Like, he essentially gives you an information packet on suspicious characters in town. But we don't need to go over all of those. We can discover those as we play. Okay. Yeah. What I'd like to know right now is uh, Impediment, Kaya, and Isold. What do you want to set out to do now? I figure Isold... Well, would want to decipher the message, um, decipher the cipher that our mysterious benefactor yep. has set because he's the real, or she is the, the real X factor in a lot of what we've been doing lately. One of the reasons why so many things happened the way they did was because at least initially we weren't willing to kill for this, this person. And right. that's correct. Yeah. This is the first time that our our mysterious benefactor has basically uh, thrown us into a situation that is that was decidedly dangerous. So may, it it seems like it's time for some quid pro quo, and like dangerous in the sense of people. Like the forest is dangerous, and I I assume we've done stuff in there before. But it's one thing when mostly faceless monsters ha have it out for you but these are people and i mean reed might be a criminal but she realizes that isold and kaya are kind of like respectable and like can't just do whatever they want although isold seems to anyway yeah probably why i don't get that much funding oh 
Professor Heisenberg, the Game Master has a question for you. Yeah. Prior to that Redstone gang member that you killed inside of uh, Scarlet's apartment, had you killed a person before? Yeah. I think it would oh. be more I think it would be more interesting if I had. Um we can delve into that later, but I did want that I wanted to know that. Um all right. So you want to decode this message. Um you have the script that uh it was written on you have the parchment with its unusual backing which appears to have allowed it to communicate over a distance of some kind. Quantum entanglement vellum. Yeah. <laughs> You're not all wrong. Uh, <laughs> so we're in the late afternoon at this point. Uh, you guys around, arrived around noon. You got the, the the midday news feed, essentially, from Bartleby, who then collapsed because reasons. And you, you had your bath, you got dressed, you, meet, you met up with the lead investigator. It's approaching dinner time, and you want to decode this message. Your clothes are cleaned in a reasonable amount of time. So you can get your adventuring gear back, you can get all armored up, we no longer have to deal with the comedy of you being in odd clothing. And because you can all communicate psychically, you don't need to worry about people listening in to your communications while you solve this thing. Just so I can know the scene when you're doing this, where would you like to research this message? Do you find it comforting to go back to the soggy bottom? Do you do it just in the study? Here in the the Lord Investigator's, the Lord Detective's uh, apartment, which he's kind of left to you. It's his office, really. His apartment's actually someplace else. Where would you like to decode this message? I mean, if I have snacks and a desk. Yeah, I imagine we right can get snacks from the palace. I mean, and then we don't have to pay for them. They could just send some up from the, from the kitchen. Where do they keep their snacks? The snackorium? <laughs> the snack dungeon? <laughs> The snack gale. Uh, they keep them in the kitchens and the servants bring them. That's your answer. <laughs> so you, you send for some snacks. And they bring you, uh, oh god, what is it going to be? Uh, cucumber sandwiches, tea, and a weird sort of travel jerky that's become very popular in town, which none of you actually know what meat it's made from. It's just <laughs> called traveler's jerky. <laughs> Five cucumber sandwiches nice. post haste. They are so delicious. I was. Mm. I, I tell the, the servants that I was hoping for some scones, and I pout at them. The 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 first servants like, oh, oh, absolutely, madam, madam professor, ma'am professor, professor, and scurries <laughs> off, uh, and will return post haste with scones. That's right, tea and scones. Now it's time for some. Right. Decipher this thing. This is going to be kind of weird. I'm going to break with the rules of the game a little bit. Uh, could you, Izzled, give me a roll plus int? Ah. That is my favorite kind of roll. Nine on the dice, so that means twelve. So, not only are you able to actually decipher the code itself, and you avoid any feedback like Bartleby experienced. Uh, when he read the code aloud. Um, but you're also going to be able to compose a simple one-sentence message that you know will be written back to whoever wrote it in the first place. Dude. Nice. So think on that as uh, you now know the message is actually relatively simple. 
congratulations on your success. Bring the artifact to the Splinter Fellow Lodge. Compensation will follow. That's the end of the message. That was important enough to maybe choke a man. Oh, he'll be fine. Hmm. I say, dismissively, revealing my my <laughs> my callousness. Hmm. Uh, but do we want to send something back? It would be nice to, you know, have the mysterious benefactor be no longer quite so mysterious. Honestly, how do we know this isn't someone with just as poor motivation for collecting this artifact piece as Nyland and is going to go after the rest of her collection next? The only thing we have is our previous experience with Mysterious Benefactor. Which has been to go get weird things out of the forest and drop them off places and get fed? Like, yeah, but none of those things were haunted before. This is true. The other thing is, though, that we don't want to be in possession of this artifact for any longer than we have to. I don't want the Baron to find it with us. I know. So this too, this this is too hot to handle, essentially. And I'm in favor of handing this thing over to whoever this is at the Splinterfellow Lodge. But I would, I think, perhaps like to know maybe who it is so that then we can um, monitor the situation a little more closely and if we need to make changes to the situation independently um, maybe something if we can send a message something as simple as it's time for us to meet face to face we'll be there at X time sounds as good an idea as any to me I would go even more harsh and say that I, I, I'm tempted to say something along the lines of uh, either you meet us halfway or this artifact goes back to where it came from. That is to say, we give it back to Nyland. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that maybe is a better message delivered in person rather than via parchment. All right. I want to get a feel for this character. All right. Should we say face to fa- face to face or no deal? Should we just say we should meet face to face? Face face to face or no deal sounds good middle of the road, but clear. Let the no deal be implied, not stated outright. That gives a lot more wriggle room. That seems fair, and I mean, if we if they don't show up, exactly, then we don't leave it anywhere, or we leave it somewhere that they don't know where it is, and we. I just. Not kidding, do not want Baron Nyland to know where it is, or to find it on us. I, that, that is a bad plan. I could, I could message back face-to-face this time. Does that sound good? That, sound, that sounds good. They, they did say the Splinterfellow Lodge, which is a thing you actually know about. You know that that's a place that where essentially the uh, members of the Order of Wood, or just freelance wood hunters, go to compare stories. It's, it's a, it's a, a gentleman's club, but not in the sense of strip club, in the sense of like an adventurer's guild, essentially. Huh. All right. How's, I mean, how, and it's in town? So yeah, I guess I'll message back face to face this time. Okay. Presumably we'd need to leave a time or something? Face to face, just uh, maybe face to face, 
And what kind of hours do you, a gentleman's club like this, keep? Is it like a 24-hour establishment? Or... I mean, you're not regulars. You would think that they would stay open pretty late because they're going to be essentially a pub at that point, but they also may have boarders who stay. So maybe like a morning, like a mid-morning, that seems like a time when people would be gone. I mean, it could easily be this evening. Uh, if you're if you're trying to find a time that like no one's around, you could probably say like midnight or 4 a.m. <laughs> but I want to sleep in a, in a bed. <laughs> soft bed. I mean, you could say in an hour and see what happens. I say three hours. How long's it take? How long? How long's it take to get across town? It doesn't take an hour. Well, actually, it takes a good. If you were to go through like the middle of town, it would take you an hour. You're in a palace, which is in sort of one of the the the, the more central areas, uh, because it is the actual the king's palace, the king Latonans. Uh, and so you're probably like half an hour at worst from any place that's any, that's actually in town. Okay. Um, then an hour or more is probably fair if we want to get right on top of this, because that will give anyone in any part of town to get there as well. If you think they're in town. How far does this alchemy stuff go, do you think? All the way to the moon! If you want to give them a real answer, you could spell lore on that. Alright, let's spell some lore. What's the maximal known okay. distance on uh, figuring out theoretical maximum distances on alchemical effects? Alright, that's going to be 8 on the dice, so 11. Knowing that it's a two-way communication, and that it appears to be of an extended duration, you're guessing that... More likely than not, it's reliable only within a mile or more. Um, not an enormous distance, but at the same time, it could be done from well out of sight. Mm. Um, if this person is a master or a specialist at this effect, those distances could be much longer. But you just, knowing how quickly your as you inscribed the words onto the page, that oh no, you haven't written yet, have you? No. Because we're trying to decide how much time to give it. Uh, uh, right now it's it's like nearing dinner, so it's between five and six. Okay, eleven. That gives us plenty of time to scout the place out, get there at like ten, and just establish ourselves before somebody shows up, and then we can meet and still be in bed by midnight. And have a proper dinner beforehand because scones just won't cut it. I need something like I don't know. So you you write the message, and it says, you know, we're going to meet face-to-face this time. Meet us at 11, did you say? And you notice the ink as you write it has an odd effect. It's like as you are writing onto the page, the color changes ever so slightly. And then as you're reaching the end of the sentence, even, the words start to sink into the page like they were being inscribed onto vellum. And then the page just heals. And so there's no trace of what you wrote when you get to the end of the sentence. This confirms your thought that if this is a two-way communication via alchemy, they're going to be quite close, actually. The recipient may even be not just in town, but nearby in town. Huh. It seems... That's not troubling. ...that our benefactor is close by. Where does he get such wonderful toys? So you have a little bit of time. You have a touch of time. You're here in the palace. It would be easy enough for you to 
request dinner with any of the knights that are still present, Sir Ruoho or Sir Partanin. It would be easy for you to go visit the Soggy Bottom in plenty of time to, uh, A, check in on your rooms. You could visit the remote archive. You basically could do anything. You could also decide to dedicate, after grabbing a bite to eat, some pasties from a street vendor or something. You could actually go and just thoroughly scout the Splinterfellow Lodge. I vote for scouting the Splinterfellow Lodge. For one thing, while since it's a place we have not been before, I want to know the ins, the outs, the escapes. the And I also, just am kind of keeping in the back of my mind... Splinterfellow Lodge seems to me to be the kind of place where um, uh, knights of weight might uh, visit, and so it might not be too off the target for our secondary quest of, you know, hunting out the murderers of Ronnie Wren, etc. That sounds fine. Do you guys actually want to try to pick up dinner there? You can learn a lot about a place by how they serve dinner and such. Any other votes? I mean, I I hope it's good. The scones were delicious. <laughs> it's okay if it's not up to the standards. I know, but I need I need I need more th- I need more than just scones. Doing alchemy is is hungry work. Right on parchment. I think the other person did the alchemy. Stop pouting. Tension mounts as the group hungrily glares at one another. I'm a little tempted to check on our rooms. Um, while you guys scout the place we're going to meet, uh, just on the off chance that uh, our so far benevolent benefactor doesn't take kindly to being uh, demanded to be met with and maybe revokes our uh, paying for our rooms. So I want to go check on my stuff. I had a keg of, with my weight of wine there. It's is old. Which where are you gonna go? Mm, which one has better food? I don't know. Uh, uh, so I'm gonna say the soggy bottom. I mean, as you might guess from its name, is considered something of a dive. But I'm guessing, given that you've all talked about a love of food at one point or another, that mysteriously this place has just the best pub food, and that is why you've crashed there. I picture that it has a. Uh more cuisine in common with the southern swamps that Reed comes from. They have gumbo. Oh yeah, uh, it's totally run by university immigrants. Oh yeah. University gumbo. Scientifically <laughs> proven to be the most delicious. Show enough. <laughs> Alright, now I'll go I'll go to the, the Splinterfellow Lodge. Like, yeah, okay, pacing time. We're talking about food. It's a good gag, but let's go. <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry. I got real life hungry there. <laughs> I got distracted. Same. Okay, so Isold and Kaya, you arrive at the Splinterfellow Lodge. It is just inside of the east gate of the city, and it's it's actually kind of interesting. You notice that the just inside the outer walls of the city, uh, at the other entrance, the north entrance that you came in, and you know for a fact, having been around here for a while, is sort of the city equivalent of slums. This is a place where people who are tied to the land and do work for the city, the the serfs live, uh, who don't aren't tied to farmland. So these are people who produce for the order of wood. Um, and they live a, a, a pretty crappy life when it gets right down to it. Uh, however, the area around 
the Splinterfellow Lodge is nicer than that. Uh, you notice that people spend the time to clean up this area, um, and so it doesn't have the same sort of wretched city filth smell that other places do for what we would consider about a block around it. It's just a cleaner area. The lodge itself is a relatively large uh, wooden construction as a way of almost showing off. You get the feeling that it was actually a stone building initially that has had sort of a larger wooden building built around it. Um, it's two stories tall, but you also see someone taking steps down a side alley to go underneath it. So you suspect there's at least one basement underneath this thing. And you know um, from having been to Mustan and Fell before that some places have pretty vast networks of basements due to sort of an oddity of the geography of Mustanenfell itself. There are hmm. caverns sort of throughout the area. You have your run of how to approach this place. What do you what do you want to accomplish scouting this out? Do you want to meet the people inside? Do you want to flit from rooftop to rooftop? What would you like to do? I would like to um, look for viable escape routes. Also put in an order for food. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> So you're going to go inside. Um, there is a bouncer at the door. They are going to let you in. They're mostly there to look intimidating and be a guard of some kind. Actually, I'm not even going to say they're there to look intimidating. I'm going to ask the two of you uh, to tell me something about this guard. Uh, Kaya, what is the first thing you notice? It's a bald spot. It reflects the light from the, uh, from the torch very oddly. Uh, so he's got, he's got an un so it's a, is it a he? Yeah. Okay. He's got an unusual bald spot. You notice that like, it actually looks like he's got, he's balding on like the side of his head. And, uh, the, the torch light is, is really strange off of it. You can't picture why. Uh, Isold, what is the first thing you notice about the guard? The first thing I notice is that he, um, he's giggling. He's giggling probably because something good happened to him lately. Okay. Maybe, maybe he took some... Some concoction that makes him a little, a little, little slap happy. Maybe. Oh no. Maybe he got laid lately. I don't know, but he's um, he's too chipper. All right, so you guys uh, approach the door as uh, this man, uh, Samost, is uh, giggling. Uh, do you address his giggling? He doesn't seem to be stopping you from going in. Eh, just walk on by. Give him a little wave. Tip my hat. <laughs> Oh, auntie hat. Uh, Samos, still giggling, like makes that miming motion of tipping a hat, despite the fact that he does not have one. Classic. And you notice that actually his, the side of his face that was reflecting funny actually had a burn on it of some kind. Hmm. But it has been healed. Hmm. My intent is to, having never been to this club, um, present myself as a prospective member, um, and kind of, um, being of the noble variety, I want uh, I'm going to find like the the owner or the proprietor manager person and see if I can't get like a tour and learn more about this and how do I become a, a patron of this establishment and in a more official and regular spot. I've heard so much good things. Um, so coming into the space, um, it's a little strange. It's not laid out how you would expect just a straight-up public house to be set up. It's almost like um, 
somebody took a dining hall like you would find inside of a palace, like someplace intended to impress, um, and happens to have grafted a bar inside of that. So as you come into the space, there is a, you can tell that there's an area that goes to the kitchens, like off to your left and coming out of those doors, there's a, a, a service bar and a, 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 a sort of jovial, portly woman tending bar. Um, and there are everyone who is in here, uh, is in relaxed outfits. It's like this is a, this is a place where tough people go when they're not wearing armor. So there may be a dozen other patrons in here right now. They're seated at tables. They're gambling at games of mares. They're playing, uh, there's a lot of gambling going on here, honestly. Uh, but there's no like dealer or anything. These are all, uh, person-to-person gambling games. There are trophies up on the walls. You can tell, oh, it's the claw of a sapling. Uh, heading down the center of the, the room, actually running along its length, is what appears to be the skeleton of a giant snake of some kind. Um, it's difficult, aside from the bartender, um, to identify anyone of any kind of authority. Everyone here is... is uh, Nobody's wearing a sign of office on any of their outfits. Um, you honestly don't feel too out of place because most of the people here have money. You can tell that uh, even the people who might be men-at-arms, people who don't have the sort of characteristic look of the local nobility with blonde hair and sort of pale skin, um, they uh, all look like they've been cared for monetarily. They've got some silks. They've got nice linen uh, for their fabric, for their clothes. Uh, who do you want to present yourself to, or do you want to ask Samost who's in charge? Is there anyone that stands out? Um, give me a, give me a, a discern realities. Roll plus whiz. A twelve. Twelve's good. You got three questions from the, from the, the damnable list. The list of listingness. Um, who's really in control here? So you notice that there's, a. Uh, a game of mares, which will pretend for all intents and purposes you could describe chess, um, if you felt like narrating something that was happening there, going on towards the back beneath a uh, large portrait of some noble-looking uh, man. Uh, and two people are playing this game, but one person is watching and is sort of harassing both players, Is is cheering them on of sorts, but encouraging them, A, to bet higher, but also saying each time one of them makes a move that that's a great move. Certainly they won't be able to counter that, and has said this now three times to the different players. That person is who is in control. What here is useful or valuable to me? So you were looking for marks of membership. You were saying that you were going to pretend that you came in here to be a member. You notice that everyone... uh that man, who you've already identified as being in charge here, the bartender, and two other people in the room have bracelets with little, looks like almost stamped coins hanging from the bracelets like a charm, but it's not a medal that you recognize. It doesn't seem to have anything written on it or anything. It appears to just be that material. You realize that having one of those means something and is inherently useful. What here is not what it appears to be. Everything. This is th- this is that bar in a noir. 
you notice that one of the tables, I said that it was laid out like a dining hall. So like there are large tables and small tables, but they're laid out with sort of a a mathematical symmetry to them. They make sense as a pattern. One of the long tables is a little bit off. Like it's just been shifted slightly as though it gets frequently moved and the people who move it have gotten lazy about exactly squaring off its corners so it ma- perfectly matches the room. And you notice that the wood beneath it is a slightly different texture. That must go someplace. Awesome. Okay. Um, well, then I will nonchalantly stroll over to the game of mares and um, watch for a little while, make a couple comments of my own, and just kind of wait. Uh, Isolde, is there anything uh, in, in particular you would like to set up as your business in this room? Go to the bar and uh-huh. order some wine and some snacks. Yep. Maybe even some real food. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to need to get some real food in you, darling. Look at that. Your, your skin and bones. Have you been on the I road? giggle and blush because I am, in fact, a little chubby. But. <laughs> skin and bones, darling. Yes. I would like whatever is the house ale and oh i've got you just i've got you perfectly but it's not gonna be an ale is a cider gonna do you it's the best we've got did you say cider i do it's 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 a it's a snapple cider (laughs) love it i want and your best and your most fried fried food give it oh absolutely so uh she comes out with like this snapple cider the wine that you said earlier, a uh, fried chicken concoction over a bed of spiced rice. Um, and she's, what are you paying attention to in the room when you're getting served? Oh, the bartender and the food, primarily. Do you, uh, are you just ravenous or do you want to actually try to like rip some details out of this space? Hmm. I feel pretty confident about what... Kaya has been thinking and perceiving. Yeah. Okay. You get a delightful dinner to you. Um, and as you begin to chow down, I would like to cut over to Impediment. Oh, hi. Impediment, you've gone to the soggy bottom. Yep. And you remember as you arrive, as you approach, something very strange that uh, Isold said of the conversation with Monger. No, Monger's the dead one. Uh-huh. Of the conversation with Rascal, when he sent Rascal away. They're going to recognize, the Redstones are going to recognize the place that they're supposed to hide out, because there's going to be a red sash hanging out front. Uh-huh. There's a red sash hanging out front of the soggy bottom. What? It's your your favorite pub. It's the pub in which you live, and the Redstones must be inside. <gasps> How does this telepathy thing work? Uh, Hello, I can hear you. Read, try, like, read, like, tries to not say out loud, but it's very difficult for her to not say it out loud when she's going, Isold. Yes. Isold, why are they at my inn? (laughs) Oh, the Redstone Gang? Well, you know, in ethnography, we talk about 
You know, the the resentment of, of no, the similars. No, 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 Like no, how no, you, no, you hate no, the Redstone no, gang, but like, ultimately you're not that different from them. I mean, demographically, that's not, socioeconomic status-wise. I just don't want to deal with it, that's all. That part came out out loud as well as trying to say it telepathy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, some drunks that are outside, uh, don't seem to find it strange at all that some random stranger is talking to themselves in the street, yeah. even if that stranger is seven feet tall. <laughs> Shit, where did we leave Barker in all of this? Do you want Barker to have come with you, or do you want Barker to have gone off on his own business? Uh, I think it's fair for him to have gone off on his own business, but sometime while the deciphering was going on, Reed would have mentioned that you know she kind of owes him a lot so like if he needs a place to stay she's got an in-room maybe anyway uh right he's uh he has gone off to to take some of the evening uh making certain that he is able to support himself in town he has contacts here that he wants to look up that seems fair so, here you are at the soggy bottom, all alone, and you know that the Redstone gang is inside. What do you do? Uh, is there, like, a back way up to the rooms, or, uh... Oh, no, no, I bet, I bet Reed, uh, has some way of shimmying up to, uh, the window of the room she stays in. I think it's very important to her, if it's at all possible, for her room to have a window, uh, and that she knows how to, uh get in and out of that window from the outside even when it's latched. So this is your uh, you're you're going to sneak into your own room. Yeah, pretty much. And I feel like this isn't the first time she's done it either. I'm curious how observantly you manage this. That's fair. I would like you to make a defy danger whiz. Mm. To uh to time this in such a way that nobody sees you going up and that certain other calamities don't occur. Yep, that seems fair. I got a six. Oh, six is shit. not good. That is not good. Reed is too uh caught up in the paranoia of not wanting to have to deal with the redstone shit. Um, so it's not that you have trouble climbing up. You succeed at that. It's the not being noticed that occurs. This is also not surprising. You climb up to the window and you let yourself in, but you had forgotten that you'd kind of actually had a bit of a bender up before your trip, and there are uh, there's a glass in right by the window that you knock over and it plummets to the ground. Ah, shit. But worse than that, you thought you saw a familiar face outside, but you just couldn't put together why it seemed important. And now that you're in your room... You recognize that it wasn't, you were rifling through your knowledge of Redstone gang members, mm-hmm. and you were like, okay, Riku, Cutter, Aurora, Calamity, Aster, and Rascal. That was none of those faces. You dive into your room, you knock that glass over, you close the, the window behind you, you let out a breath, and you go, that was Inca, the tradeswoman. Oh. Oh yeah, the one I sent along. Here you are in your room. What do you do? Oh. Your room looks unmolested. It looks also uncleaned. Well, that's fair. That means it hasn't been touched. You you may have left them with the impression that you're a dangerous woman who has dangerous needs and shouldn't be disturbed, which they seem to have taken to heart for about two weeks. Yeah, that's fair. Like, honestly, that's great. Um, cool. Uh, all. do we need to do anything regarding 
Inca? Nope. Okay. Does she? You, you didn't do something weird to her that she's going to be angry about? I mean, really, that that describes almost everyone that I interact with, but <clears throat> people get mad so easily. <laughs> um, I would remind you, Isold, that you paid her one weight to provide you any information on the, the Redstone gang, should she see them. Oh, that's what it was. Do you wish to convey that to Reed? Oh, yeah. I remember now. Yes, I'll tell Reed that. Okay, cool. Okay, I'm a little bit less worried. Via telepathy, which is which is not being listened in on by anyone, I'm sure. Oh, God, I don't even... We know that at least it's working between us. <laughs> that's great. Oh, when is this going to bite us in the ass? All right, um... Uh, so, my room stuff's safe. Uh, I'm gonna maybe fix up the glass I dropped and then close up the window behind me and uh, take a peek downstairs. Alright, so you you peek downstairs. And uh, you can... you you Whatever room layout allows you to get a glance downstairs to what the sort of the main dining area and you can see that it is, in fact, filled with the six remaining members of the Redstone gang, as well as a bunch of other CD patrons. It's dinner time. This place is extremely packed. People are just tossing around weight um, like it's nobody's business. And you see that Inca the tradeswoman is in there. So Inca the tradeswoman is craning her neck and looking around, presumably for you, because she spotted you earlier. But meanwhile, she's also fending off conversation from Riku, the the bossy, loudmouthed barker of the Redstone gang, uh, the arena announcer. <laughs> He's there, and he that is figures. just, like, Man. glued to her, trying to have conversation, despite her trying to dismiss him. I'm going to be late for my appointments. Uh, what do you do? I think I'm going to go join Inca for dinner. And just just confidently stride downstairs and uh, ask her if a seat's taken. I'm going to cut away from you striding down the staircase as the entirety of the Redstone gang just sort of cranes their heads and just starts tracking your movements. And we come back to Kaya. The gentlemen at the table have introduced themselves to you. Um, but the, oh, I said man earlier. It's a woman who is, uh, the person who's really in control here. She's not only of, like, noble birth, she's got the sort of regular, she looks like, uh, an imperial's envisioning of an imperial noble. So she's, she's blonde, she's pale skinned, she has slight freckles right underneath the eyes. Um, but most notably, you recognize something about her even before she takes the time to introduce herself. She looks like a slightly older and more grizzled Sir Ansa. And that makes sense, for she is Dagmar Karpanen of the Order of the Mantle, which is the Emperor's Knights. She is the ad administrator, the founder of the Splinterfellow Lodge. And you put that together from just discussion here at the table as she gives advice to these uh, aspiring gentlemen who you notice neither of them have the little membership bracelets on um, as they attempt to impress her with their tactical skill at this 
highly tactical game. Do you, uh, you said that you were adding commentary to this. Uh, do you want to give me a Defy Danger int to actually have impressive commentary? Yes. Yes, I do. Oh my. Um, I don't know how to play this game. I rolled a four. I think I know how to play this game, but I'm remembering the rules that are from, uh, where I grew up, which are completely different from the rules that are actually being played here. Uh, Sir Carpenin, uh, even comments on that. She's like, ah, oh, you're using the West Wall rules. No, no, no. We don't do it the same way here. The, the, the wall and the forest don't work the same way on the east side because, of course, we, we don't, we don't have quite the same philosophy as your family does. Uh, well, as people from your parts of town. Uh, am I correct that you are Kaya Wellsmith? Yes, yes, of course. Um, I should have realized that you would play, of course, that makes so much sense. And um, I would love to learn more of how the how you play this game. I'm very interested in uh, the different ways it is played. I would love to show you. Uh, do you think that you could bring... She uh, looks around and she marks Isold, like notably stops looking over at Isold and looks around the room and like looks up and checks the entrances and is like, but you're, you haven't brought all of your friends. And if I'm going to oh, teach Lord. one of you, I would love to teach all of you the rules of mares in this town. Oh, well, slowly turning around on the bar stool. <laughs> um, well, I'm sure that Reed would appreciate your interest. It's really not her forte, but I am confident that she would love to meet you when she comes in a little while. She just had a couple things to take care of. Let me teach you. She motions to uh, keep following. She also sets two weight down on the table gambling on both sides for either side to win. This is her essentially tipping the two gentlemen who were trying to impress her. Um, and then motions over to walk towards Isold. Uh, do you wish to follow her or, yes, or, yes. or resist? I have no desire to resist this exactly what I wanted to have happen. The first thing, the first strategy you have to know in the Woodside Mares game is that you always have to keep the companions close. The caravan cannot make it through without the aid of all of its members. That's different than Westwall. Westwall likes to defend its flanks. And here in the wood, we know that you have to keep your friends closer. That makes sense. Now tell me, Kaya, Isold, where is Reed? How does she know our names? She's close by. We have a lot to talk about. Yeah. She decided she wanted to eat food she was more familiar it's with. It's my home! So... Oh, 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 no. Oh, tell me she didn't go to the soggy bottom. Of course she went to the soggy bottom. Oh, it's Reed. Oh. Look, I... Well, I mean, I guess that's fine. That's probably fine. Uh, Sir Carpenin looks looks a little, like, briefly distressed, but then kind of gives this shrug, like, you know, things just happen. It's been a rough t couple of days. Sure, that's probably fine. Is this about when the telepathy of, uh, so guys, I might be a little late. We'll see how this dinner goes. 
Who's your dining companion, Reed? Inca and, uh, hopefully not Riku. They're all in my inn, Isold. You sent them, you sent them to my house. Well, good. We know where they are. All right. And that's, okay. Okay. I have, I have. It's a public house, Reed. Don't be so dramatic. (laughs) Ideally, I'm just going to have a nice dinner. And not ideally, there's going to be some faces punching in. I'll uh, see you guys when I see you. Perhaps I say turning to the proprietor, whose name I have already forgotten being Hannah. but uh, Sir Carpenin. Sir Carpenin. But of course, Kaya remembers her name. Yes. <laughs> Perhaps it would be um, useful. It would be um, good if you... If we had a conversation while you while you showed us the rest of this delightful establishment, maybe you could show us the places where less ears are, where where where, where one can have a quiet conversation. Professor Isold, she says, Sir Carpenin. I understand that you must be a great fan of books. Would you care to see our library? I'd love to, but my friend Reed is in a bar with six. Redstone gag members of potentially ill intent. So I'd prefer to keep this very short. And I pull out the finger. She is genuinely surprised. Like you, you pull it out because you've got it wrapped in cloth because yeah. we've covered that none of you want to touch the damn right. thing. Oh, that's what you've come back with. Look, you come back when you said. Come back as soon as you can. But you've got the right of it, Isold. She uh takes the, the finger. Go to your friends. Keep them close. In this town of all towns. We'll be here. Glare at her. I don't like the way you operate, Carpenin. Look, not all secrets have reason, but those that do tend to be good ones. You'll like it. It'll be very enlightening, the conversations that we have. Be seeing you. Kaya, mentally, to Reed, to, to Isold, says, you think you can handle the things with Reed and maybe I stay here with Carpenin? See if I can't get some more information? Be my guest. All right, if you think you can handle... Reads issues. I don't have issues. <laughs> oh, Reed. Thank you. you. You do. You have so many issues. And so Isold scurries off, flounces. <laughs> so Isold is scurrying across town. Carpenin actually uh, turns to you, Kaya, and is like, you're not going to go with her. Oh, I know what she's up to. If they need me, they'll let me know. But... Sometimes it's useful to have a friend that no one sees coming. Well, maybe we can all learn a little from Westwall's strategy. Come with me. She signals you through a back door of the lodge. This this door is in a stone wall. Like uh, I stated earlier how you kind of hypothesized that there was a smaller stone building. You'll notice that you're actually like, the dining hall is within the stone part, and there's an outer wooden shell of hallways beyond it. And you're now being taken back into that outer wooden shell. And she just guides you through what kind of appears like a normal looking door. It's not like a secret passage or anything. But you notice that just, there doesn't appear to be a keyhole. And yet, nonetheless, you hear a locking mechanism move as she pushes the door open and signals you down a flight of stairs. All right, I follow. Reed. Hi. So, Riku, luckily, is too dumbfounded at your approach to say anything crass or do anything dangerous. 
when you sit down at the table with Inca. And Inca, oh god, does anybody remember what Inca sounded like? Was Inca just me? Is everyone just I me this game? I think everyone's just you this game. Damn it. Well, we've got Riku here. He'll spice things up. Inca's like, Reed, it is a pleasure to see you, Reed. Reed, you're here. That doesn't complicate things. Isn't life always complicated? It, it, it is. Ah, uh, I have missed the gumbo here so much. Have you tried it yet? That's, that's what I'm doing here. It's the best gumbo in the whole empire. I used to do, I used to run a route from Mustanenfell up to the Cragsmith Crossing and down into the, the northern edge of the farmlands uh, in the university. That's a pretty long route. It is. I've, I've, I've been traveling for a long time. Riku's just like, are you going to acknowledge me? Is anyone going to acknowledge I mean, that I'm you here? I didn't acknowledge, I mean, other than staring like a gate-mouthed fish that I was here, so I figured I might give you the same politeness. He stands and stares at you like a gate-mouthed fish. I don't mind sharing a dinner table with you if you don't want to. Though I would also understand. Inka waves over at the bartender. Uh, who you know and have great affection for and could describe if you feel like it. Uh, and the bartender is going to bring you a gumbo. You recognize a hand signal for gumbo that some of the regulars use. Um, and you realize that, that Inca has either been here before and you don't remember her, or catches on to cues quicker than most. I would not be surprised by either of those things, knowing that she works for Able Public. So, uh, tell me, Reed... Mm-hmm. What brings you to uh, the, the lion's den of the soggy bottom? So you probably haven't been here too much in the last uh, year or two, then. Uh, this is kind of my home away from home. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's the, it's a nice oh, yeah. place to have yeah, for you, that. You'd have to have some kind of home base where you keep your own weight in wine. Though it's significantly less now. Riku signals over to the bartender and tries to make the same signal, but it's just, like, gibberish. It's like he was trying to make... Like, the signal is basically order number two. Like, it's just taking the number two and pointing at the table, and that means, ah, like, the, the gumbo. <laughs> uh, order number one is their house okay. beer. Uh, and instead, he just takes his whole fucking hand, and that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> and the bartender's just laughing at him, but he's just, like, waiting as though something... Something good's gonna happen. Oh, I'll I'll order him a gumbo. I'm 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 not I'm not here to actually start punch face. Not actually. If they want punch face, they're gonna have to start it. Inca is like, you guys left after me. Uh, I'm. I mean, you guys. Uh, you 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 must have come here with the green barks, right? I uh, don't actually know where they ended up. I hope for the best though yeah yeah we got all hope for the best uh well what news is there from harris reka and riku chimes in yeah yeah oi what what news is there from harris reka things were a bit chaotic when i left uh uh part of why uh i'm back here is trying to uh chase down who killed that uh waitsman uh the rest is of course home uh you did hear about the waitsman right uh, Inka's like, yeah, I, I heard about, uh, Ronnie Wren. Watching her face when she says that. Give me, a uh, discern realities. Give me a roll plus whiz. I know where Riku was during all that. I don't know where she was during all that. 
And the lead up. That is a 10. The ten's good. What do you what do you want to know? I want to know truthiness. What here is not what it appears to be. So what here is not what it appears to be. You notice something very strange about the way that the gang is interacting with Inca. Mm-hmm. And you realize that essentially she's commanding a piece in the room. Mm-hmm. The way that, that uh Riku was interacting with her you realize that she has, he normally carries a a knife, a cruel looking, like, handmade shiv on his waist. Something signature and nasty that tough guys would want to carry to show that they're tough guys. Mm -hmm. You notice that that's on her belt, on Inca's belt. Oh, she picked up the, the tail ends of the gang, and thereby through her able public has. Oh, that's not bad. What other questions do you have? That's very interesting. Uh, what should I be on the lookout for? Riku hasn't behaved perfectly. You notice that his nose is a little more messed up than how you'd seen it before, as though somebody had taught his nose a lesson about respect. Mm. And you notice that as he gets in your face, trying to be all tough guy, mm-hmm. that the bouncer, who you know at the door, mm-hmm. is watching him. And you realize that even if he has promised Inca that he's going to work for her, He's not great on impulse control, mm-hmm. and that's gotten him beat up recently. Okay. Okay. So he might still start a fight if I'm not careful. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the bouncer will intervene. That's that's good. That's fair. Can't blame the bouncer for doing their job. What's your last question? What here is useful or valuable to me? You notice a quiver, as in not like an arrow, but I mean like a shake, in the Redstone Gang's hands. You know that quiver well. That is sap withdrawal, slowly kicking in. And you notice that Inca, she must have left with barrels full of sap, from what you know. And you remember, as you were climbing into your climbing into your window, that you saw the tail end of what must have been her wagon parked out back. Somewhere here, there is sap to be had. And that might be what their payment is in. Okay. Okay. She's got to have some on her, probably, because almost certainly she takes as well. But more, I'm saying, somewhere in the vicinity, there is possibly a large amount, but there is definitely some tradable amount of sap. Oh my. Oh my. Sitting on a gold mine. And we'll be cheating some time here, but uh, I want Izzled to arrive at a dramatically appropriate moment. That seems fair. Izzled. Yeah. You arrive at the outside of the soggy bottom. You see the sash hanging from a pole outside. You know that that's the rallying banner of the Redstone gang. What do you do as you arrive? Pull down the sash, and I'll stride in. <laughs> uh, are you holding the sash in your hands? Do you tie it as a belt? What do you do with the thing? Yeah, I'll just, I'll just hold it in my hands. All right. Uh, you, step, uh, you step into the room, and the whole gang falls quiet and the room even falls quiet following them you know six rowdy gangsters in a room will add a lot to its noise and when they all silence at once that just sort of ripples through the room all eyes are on you Izzled. what do you do i'll say hey gang it's me Izzled. you remember me yeah we'd remember you turns out you got played is that right 
That's right. I see one player in this room. That player is, is, is you. He looks around. I don't think your eyes work right. That's been said before. <laughs> Didn't. <laughs> Not to be too disparaging. I got news from Harris Reiko. Yeah? Yeah. Monger's dead. Uh, you hear, uh, Rascal. Uh, ah, oh, fuck! Scarlet's been crippled. Scarlet's not coming back? Another one says from near the back. Clinging to life last I saw. Now, is that right? That's right. I saw it happen. I was gonna try and save the bad news till after I'd eaten. Oh well. Reed shrugs. Is that your doing, little inkwit? I throw that sash down on their table. And I'll say, you know everything that went down in Harris Reiko. That was Nyland. Top to bottom. She's messing with forces she couldn't control, and she surrounded herself with people she couldn't trust. One of them, a woman named Calamity, shrugs. Way I see it, every one of you has a choice. Go back to your boss, try to salvage what you got, or figure out something else to do with your lives. Then I'll go sit down next to Reed and say, hey, Reed, how's it going? Was was almost going amicably a minute ago. I would love to see a Defy Danger chop right. to to see how effective that that conversation was. All right, um, that's uh, a nine. So I, I stumble, hesitate, or flinch. <laughs> What's weird is is you seem to have actually gotten most of the gang is sort of nodding along, is is like thinking about. You, you can see their minds racing with the thought of the trouble that that they could be in if they go back. Realizing that, you know, maybe this deal that they've got with Inca right now might be a permanent thing rather than just a distraction while they get the gang together. But Riku's having none of that. Riku, just furious. Bartender comes by, drops the drops the gumbo at his at his at the table. Ooh, gumbo. You know, for Riku. And Riku just stands up and is like, not hungry. Not hungry. Not hungry for what you're feeding me, not that shit. Yeah. And walks out the door. I take his gumbo. You take his gumbo? <laughs> Poor guy must have really liked her. Reed does say that out loud. Shakes her head. You hear a, a bucket out front get kicked down the street. I wish I didn't know that feeling. Inca looks to both of you. Oh, hey, Isold. Hey. Uh, it's uh, good to see you. Uh, I've, I found the Redstone Gang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. You want to try this gumbo? Have you have you tried the gumbo, Inca? <laughs> I have tried the gumbo. It is delicious. Tell me something. Yeah. What what brought you guys back here? You're the the heroes of the day. Uh. Remember, she left before knowing about what you did. Uh. Inca, did Baron Nyland seem terribly stable to you? No, not at all. That's how we made so much money. Right. Exactly. Thing is, she was betrayed, being betrayed by her. Underlings left and right. It's only a matter of time before the heat fell down on us. Hmm. That makes sense. I get that. To be perfectly fair and open, looking at her, at, at Inca, ultimately we were there to sabotage this entire iron, this, the iron giant bullshit that was going on. There were so many portents that were going against it. There were multiple people who were advising that it was a terrible idea. I see. She does not see. Right, yeah, anyway, I hope the sap trade has been lovely for you and for Abel. It has. Um, I did a- I tried to do a favor for you, really coming here. 
and it sort of worked. But there's a reason I got a gang around me. You're a smart lady. Honestly, both of you. And there's something that I think is a little out of my depth. She's holding something. She puts her hand on the table, face down. She's holding something in her fist. Do you think you could help me try to sort something out? I mean, if it's codes and shit, no, I'm useless for you. I might be helpful for that. Uh, Before we get too in-depth into negotiation, I would like it in exchange. If you would take on some of these Redstone gang members, they seem to be leaderless, without a purpose, being manipulated left and right by alchemists, present company included. It, it would be good for them if they did an honest criminal trade like sap trading. And I think you could expand your business if you had a couple assistants like them. That's related. She opens up her hand and she's holding a wood-carved version of the sigil that was given to you by the Lord Investigator. Uh-huh. This was left at my door with a note telling me to get out of the trade or get out of my life. Ooh, yeah, you definitely need to surround yourself with some people for protection because this is the this is the sign that has been left at, as far as we know, every assassination of Waitsman that has occurred in this town and at Harris Reka so far. She sets the, the little sigil down. I was really hoping that you were going to say that that's hogwash. Nope. Do you know who they are? Mm. I mean, I've been in town a day. Uh, two days, maybe. Two days. Let's say two days. Why not? I, I'm i prepared for lots of trouble. I'm not prepared for somebody getting past six guards to leave a note on my door. Oh, you already had picked up these guys. Yeah, it was easy, and I needed some deliveries done. They weren't exactly guards, but they're, they'll do in a pinch. Bodies that are vaguely awake help. Yeah, they were a little strung out, though. I will give them that. They look like they're half-starved. Yeah, I can't give them too much. They'll leave. You need to have more faith in people. (laughs) Maybe I do. Read shrugs. Probably the safest thing for you to do would be to go to ground until all this blows over, but I don't know if your your business model permits you to do that. Um, Let's just say I have too much product to to, to, to go to ground reliably. Well... Most of it's delivered. How much? Was, was that whole wagon? No. Not all of it. Reed looks dumbfounded. Yeah, Harris Reka makes a lot of sap. That's insane. I always thought of Nyland as kind of a sappy type. <laughs> Nyland doesn't take. Hmm. Figures. <laughs> I... I... I half wonder if this is hers. You said that you saw this symbol up there? It can't be hers entirely, because it showed up here five days ago as well. Huh. This actually presents us with an interesting opportunity, if you're unwilling to yeah. um, to go to ground or mitigate risk that way. Uh, well, one, one thing we could do is use who is bait and try to draw out who is ever do, whoever's doing this. Could do. Make a regular time that I look vulnerable and then not actually be vulnerable? Yep. That would be the hope. Okay. Let me tell you a little bit of what we do here. We cut back to Kaya. Awesome. (laughs) Kaya! Yes? So, Dagmar Karpanen was not kidding. Uh, The basement is 
absolutely filled with books and weird arcane knickknacks and what looks like a lift to raise a platform full of alchemical ingredients and a workstation up onto the uh, the main floor. It almost actually looks less like a... It almost looks like an altar. It almost looks like it has religious purpose in addition to uh, the bizarre uh, alchemical stuff that's going on. Dagmar uh, doesn't, like... What did she... Uh, I'm trying to remember the pretense that she brought you down here for. We're just going to talk. She was showing with me around the library... I just wanted to get her alone where I could talk without um, all the people in the room hearing me. Yeah. So there are other people down here. Ah. Uh, Working at that station, that alchemical station, uh, working at that alchemical station is uh, a woman with uh, like curly, tousled hair with ink-stained fingers who is just sort of rapidly going over paperwork that is like it's difficult for you to grasp this but it looks like the papers she's working with are getting out of hand in some way like she's taking pages and like flipping from one page to another and setting them down and then looking at another stack and she's trying to separate them into stacks but some quality about them keeps changing she's being aided by a woman inside of a druid's robe outfit and there are actually uh, a couple of servants moving in and out through another staircase sort of at the far end of this long library room. Um, you assume that that staircase actually also comes up inside of the the proper uh, pub, the dining area. What do you do now that you're down here? Um, I ask her to uh, show me around. What, what, what do you use this place for? This is awfully researchy for an adventurer's club. Well, uh, I guess I should uh, properly uh, introduce myself. This is always weird. There aren't many people that we've told, but you guys have done um, such excellent work and gone to such great lengths to... She's still holding the, the finger and kind of trying to decide where it belongs. And you can see that she, her immediate desire is to hand it to the sort of panicking woman who's, who's at the alchemy table, but she doesn't like go to it because she looks busy. And instead she says... We're a group that are interested in determining why it is that people speak of origin, the the nation from which we were all supposed to have come many, many centuries ago. Because more and more as we look around, we find evidence, she holds up the, the finger, that there was something here before the Empire, a people of some kind. And we, the truth seekers, are attempting to put together what that would be. Oh, that's very interesting. How did this organization come about? I joined it ages ago, actually. It was my father who uh, who told me of its existence in a uh, similar adventurer's club in Kunenforge, actually, um, that he uh, helps to, to run and fund. Um, many of the people who are close to uh, the Emperor tend to uh, frequent that club. And uh, some of the reason is the Emperor's... Th- this concept, the concept that there was no origin, perhaps, fascinates the Emperor. He's not a member, not to my knowledge. We have a few branches in a few key towns. There aren't too many of us. Uh, and we're just looking for evidence to show that... that 
maybe promise is all there is. Maybe this is the only land we have, and we need to care more for it than we have in the past. Hmm. Also, that maybe some secrets from before the founding of the Empire, maybe those secrets should stay buried. She finds a table, finally, to set the finger upon, and uh, steps back from it. Have you touched it? No. Do you know which one this is? The ring finger. Um, brings peace, joy, hope. I was told not to touch it too much, as the wanting could grow too much for one person to handle. Isold has it down in her notes. Oh, Isold has it down in her notes, exactly what it was. Yeah. (laughs) Wow, I love Isold's notes so much. Have you uh, communicated any of this conversation psychically to your allies? No. They're busy. I don't want to interrupt them. I plan on conveying it to them later. She's revealed this to you. You and your companions. I realize that you said you would arrive later, but honestly, I suspected that you would be uh, quite a bit early. We would like for you all to join us, for there is a risky venture that needs being done. And believe it or not, even though this is not the artifact we asked for, this is everything we could have hoped. Why does it need to be done? What is this business? Whatever arcane truth allows this kind of creature to be made, this artifact, there are more of them. And as we speak, an expedition is going to unearth them. And if they find whole ones, or discover any more of the secrets of how to make this, the masters of that expedition will put them to use. And those are not secrets. We believe the, pro- the, the, the progenitors, that's not the term for it, the precursor kingdom fell for a reason. And we think this technology is what caused that downfall. And we don't want to fall twice. Me either. You know, you speak good sense. I'm glad we brought you the thing. <sighs> Gene Archibus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the 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 woman at the uh, at the counter. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, I think it stopped, but uh, but sir, we've we have got to find out what is causing this. I gesture to um, the proprietor and say. If you need to attend to other business, I'm fine to wait. Um, I'm sure that Reed and um, Isold will be along eventually. I kind of check in on them mentally. Apparently the gumbo is very delicious and other things are happening. Uh, when you check in on them, you, uh, Ah, oh, fuck! Ah, oh, fuck! It's happening again, sir! Sir, what the fuck? I'm, I'm pardon my language. I'm sorry, sir. I, 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 I'm getting really frazzled here. What? What are you? What is happening? Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Miss, Madam, Ma'am, Sir. Are you a knight? How do I address? Ah, uh, it's fine. Hi, I'm Nettle. Uh, and I'm going crazy, and I need somebody to stop writing on my books. <laughs> Oh my goodness, what are they writing on Especially going on about fucking gumbo. <laughs> oh no! And strange people in weird places with names that don't make any sense and seem to be really infatuated with the worst bar in town. Oh my goodness. And I send to Isold, 
I don't think your alchemy worked. I advise stopping the mentalness now. Uh, do you blow your nose and, and take your and disconnect yourself? Um, I'm gonna say come to the um, the club as soon Splinter as Splinterfellow Lodge. Fellow Lodge as soon as you can. And No, kill the line, kill the line, shoot uh, And then I blow my nose. <laughs> blow my nose. I slap Reed ow, in the face. Ow, ow. <laughs> and knock it out of her nose. <laughs> Uncalled for This time when you when you when you blow that little mercury droplet out, um, and it, it you know like it feels a little weird. It feels like there's a burning sensation that comes with it. And you notice as it like falls out that it's not silver, but rather it's like a gold color. It's gold exactly like the that thin, almost invisible backing was on the pages that were being written upon. And uh you you see it just boil away. It like immediately begins to evaporate the moment that you uh you 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 knock it out of your nose and you hear like a hissing sound. God, I can't believe that was in my nose. Fuck, 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 fuck. Well, Nittle, I have good news and bad news. Good news is I know what's causing the problems with your books. Uh she's actually staring down at the one that you blew out as it evaporates away. Okay, what's the what's the that's the good news. What's the bad news? Um, I kind of need to destroy all the stuff. <laughs> That's not going to really be an option. It was writing on some very strange things. These are my notes about the artifacts. These are my notes about where the university expedition is going. And these are my notes that I was writing to my parents. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Um... What have, what have you people done to my research? I don't know. You'll have to talk to Isold about that one. I imagine she'll be here pretty soon and be very fascinated with the whole thing. Oh, we are absolutely going to have words, me and this Isold. Yeah, nobody messes with Nettles things without getting into Nettles. I'm so angry and I'm talking about myself in the third person. I apologize. It's okay, Nettle. I just get worked up over these things. I see that nothing's being written. I'm going to go and have a little time out in the corner and I'll be right back. I'm sure this has been stressful for you. I apologize. <laughs> you really should try the gumbo at <laughs> <laughs> the inn because it's quite delicious. Oh, oh I've been told. <laughs> I've been told somebody's composing a, a gumbo song in their head, and I don't know which one of the, I guess, which, which which one of the writers it is. You all have different weird handwriting. Yeah. I'm gonna, I have to take a time out. Excuse me. Okay. I'll uh, she wanders into a corner, and she genuinely appears to just be counting to very high numbers, just like in whispers. I'm just gonna turn and go, alchemy. <laughs> is old and impediment. Shit 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 Isol Isol that's that's not your inside voice. We gotta go. Yeah, gotta go. Go. I'm only halfway through the combo. I am so angry at you right now. I'm so angry at me right now. I'm so angry at alchemy right now. Inca, we're gonna have to continue this talk later. Do not go anywhere alone. And by alone I mean without someone who is sober enough to help protect you we'll be back because i sleep here i'm gonna stay here for the night she says i think 
there's some place I might be able to go ground. Uh, come back here later, and I'll I'll leave a message for you. Yeah, um, if I'm not still here. This is this is where I prefer to sleep. So yeah. Okay. Not literally at this table, and I leave. <laughs> <laughs> you guys leave. You don't see any sign of Riku out on the street, and you get to the Splinterfellow Lodge pretty quickly. Uh, and when you do, uh, a uh, a server comes up to you and actually escorts you down the the back hidden stairwell. Oh, cool! Uh, they kind of know what you're. They know what you're about. Well, don't I just feel fancy? And you get the impression that regular the the patrons who are here that are kind of regular patrons appear to like not think it's odd that people walk to the back and then disappear. Hmm. Well, that's nifty. Other than that one of you is seven feet tall, and that's pretty notable, but, yeah. you know. Sorry. I can slouch. So, Isold and Impediment, you come down into this room. You're following behind uh, a servant who did introduce themselves as Accolade. And uh, Accolade leads you down and is like, uh, Do you need any? Do you, wonderful gentlewomen, require anything from the bar? I am going to need a stiff drink. Make it two. Please. All right. Um, on a scale of stiffness, would this be, I have been categorically shattered of all of my assumptions after a terrible trip to the woods, or I've stubbed my toe and kind of there's been a boo-boo? <laughs> More the first one? I roll my eyes except, so hard. Except, like... Also, at the same time, you're this tall. Mm. Okay. Mm. All right. Pretty stiff. It it takes it, take, I I, it takes I, more to you know, you know. I think I know. I think I know exactly Although, the maybe, thing. Maybe maybe less for her. And Reed points it. Is old. She's a little. Anyway. Accolade winks at you. I get it. <laughs> and uh, scurries upstairs. Oh, good. You're all here. Glaring. Look, glaring at Reed. <laughs> look, if something went weird with alchemy, uh, we need you sober, Isold. <laughs> you can you can drink the stiff stuff after. I wanna uh, fine. <laughs> Sir Dagmar Carpenin uh, addresses you now that you're here. Ladies, I am so glad that you could join us here inside of the Truth Seekers Library. It's a good name. Thank you. Uh, I, it is not mine. Huh. I wish I could take credit. We have another job for you. It's an important one. And I think it might be even more important than the task we set about at Harris Reka. We have much to discuss. If you... I understand that you've had some troubles. She looks very sincere. If you feel that the last job that you had was too dangerous, or the stakes were higher than you wish to have upon your heads. I would like you to say so. And if that's the case, we can give you monetary rep recompense and part ways amicably. But if you think that the dangers that you faced were for a good cause to keep something very, very dangerous from happening, she gestures towards the finger, then we have an important cause that needs to be seen to. And I think you are, the three of you, uniquely suited to the job. We are just getting too many job offers tonight. So many of the job offers. An embarrassment of riches. All right, Sir Carpenin. Yes. I, I'm 
willing to join this enterprise with the understanding that it wasn't the stakes that concerned me about the last job. It was knowledge of the stakes and who was arranging things behind the scenes. As long as we can have all our cards on the table, I think we can work together. I don't... I don't like weird haunted statues <laughs> that could maybe end the world as I know it. They are the worst. Uh, I'm still not sold on the fact that we're giving you part of it. I feel like that probably should have stayed in that creepy temple, but eh, mistakes were made. Uh, in for a... I actually, that phrase doesn't work in this setting. Never mind. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I guess you could say in for an ounce, in for a pound. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Miss Wellsmith. Yes? Do you have reservations about assisting us further? I think it is important to note that honesty is very important and valuable to me. And as long as you and I and your organization are honest with me, we will go far. I do want to point out one reservation I have now that I think more about it. I was busy thinking about the alcohol I hopefully have coming soon. Um, speaking of that embarrassment of riches, is this some job, if it's uniquely suited to us, that's gonna have to do with the forest, yeah? Almost a day's journey east of Fallfallow Glade, a university professor by the name of Jean Archibus is going to make a find that is going to make her rich and make her the pride of the university. We absolutely need her to not succeed at that. We absolutely cannot let her succeed at that. <laughs> you have Isolde's axe. <laughs> so my only reservation is, uh, I, I'm pretty on board with this, but there's also these murders going around, and I'm pretty not okay with that. Yeah. I've got, I've, I've got someone to, to talk to, and if they think they can head that up, I might re-delegate the job that got delegated to us? What do you guys think? Um, I think it might not be a bad idea to attempt to put a wrench in this exploring professor's um, plans and see if we can't delay him for three days-ish while we... They're already in the forest, I thought she said. Yeah, that... that that expedition is coming from the university and going straight through the forest. Yeah, she su she secured a whole ton of funding. I know this. You do. When I when I checked in and made a requisition myself, uh. I, under I, I found out that she had taken a lot of funds from the research bank, research accounts. So, yeah. Then I think Reem is right. We need to see if we can't find someone else who can... Um, Make, aid us in um, solving these murders. It would not do to leave the task that has been given to us undone, especially as it is concerning citizens of our home. But um, surely there are other people who are capable of solving a murder or three. Hmm. I am concerned about, about Inca. Um, uh -huh. We left her and she has a target put on her back. Uh-huh. There is one way of getting her out of the line of fire, possibly, but it's risky. Um, I don't think she'd want to leave her shipment behind, but that's the only I that's the only idea I have. I really want to hear this plan. Yeah, basically, 
we take her with us. Ooh. Able Public already believes that I ensorcelled Inca. Her going MIA for a little while wouldn't necessarily be out of what he'd be expecting already. Right, especially if I actually do ensorcel her and compel her to come with us, abandoning her old <laughs> life. Can we avoid that? Or at least, conv- or at least convince her to make it look like that happens. That's what Able Public learns. What happens? That makes Able Public angry, but it might satisfy these assassins into thinking that she abandoned her life of of drug trade, saving her life, keeping her with us. And if Able Public's angry, the anger falls on the his his wrath falls on me rather than her. Sir Carpenin? Yeah. It's like, you seem to be discussing keeping someone hidden in order to protect their lives. Yes. yes. Is that correct? Yes. We are very good at secrets. She pounds on a wall and it sort of slides open and you can see just a row of apartments inside of a magically lit cavern beyond. That is way too cool. Swanky. I think I can take care of your friend. And now there's only the murder solving to be delegated. Well, Barker was saying he wanted to see if he could have a job for himself out here. He would probably be pretty good at doing that, too. I don't know. I don't know how good at the investigating, but he'd certainly be able to take care of himself when it came to a fight. Well, yes, but he certainly had his wits about him. I think perhaps with some help, from someone who knows the lay of the land, he could be quite good at this job. So I would like to propose a sort of bizarre thing at this point. Oh? Mm -hmm. We say that Barker and perhaps Riku or other members of the gang, plus uh, a local informant, can take on the murder case here in Mustanenfell. And that that essentially is a separate party, which could be played by us or played by even another group. Nice. You all go to, essentially, the return to Fallfallow Glade and undertake this bizarre Verdwood expedition. That could be fun. That sounds great. Yeah. I will see if I can arrange a holiday special episode for the Mustanenfell murders. That would be pretty fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Down. We can jingle some bells and yeah, solve the <laughs> murders. Yep. Although it's actually, it's getting closer to like, we the, with the timeline that we've set up, we're actually approaching Halloween in a, in the the world of promise, whatever the fuck the, the equivalent of that would be. Like the veil breaking day or something. Uh. Uh, but, but a high <laughs> harvest festival. High harvest. So that could be good. I like where we've uh, left this off. I think I know what you guys will need to do to prepare uh, sort of doing our second foray into the Verdwood. I would like to do the end of session stuff so that we can get us all to bed at a reasonable hour. Yay, yes, please! I did want to try and duck into a corner of this room and try one alchemical casting. Oh, absolutely. Go ahead. Before we end session. Something I have had since the first game, but have not ever used what you doing what are you doing breaking open the 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 dangerous tab here the the contact spirits spell what what What? the the sweet merciful christ 
Yes. Because I have a question that I need answered. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I'm, I'm assuming finding... since this is alchemical and like the existence of actual spirits is kind of in question, I'm guessing that the flavor of this spell is that it actually is LSD and I'm entering a trance. Oh, that's a fun one. I'm fine with that. I got no problem with that bizarre interpretation. Because uh, I'm, I'm trying to determine some truth that is, is beyond my conscious thought. Uh, name the spirit you wish to contact or leave it to the GM. You pull that creature through the planes just close enough to speak to you. It is bound to answer any one question you ask to the best of its ability. Is there someone specific you want or do you want a ghost from the area? Okay. So it could be, it will be, it will be a ghost outside myself and it will be a ghost of, I want the spirit of this city. Oh. Or, oh. you know, the one most assigned, uh, was there a Mostan in its past who founded this city? I wonder. The genus loci, if you will. Yeah. Uh, okay. I can, uh, give me a roll plus int. Give me a spell casting roll. That will be... Seven on the dice, so a total of ten. Total of ten. Uh, so the spell goes off without a hitch. You you, you sit down into this trance, and uh, everybody kind of gives you the distance you need. Everyone can tell that you've set out, you know, you've set out some specific chemicals, and you've imbibed them. And no one else here knows that spell. There are actually two alchemists in the basement with you, but they are not familiar with what you're doing. But they leave you be and give you the time and space you need. Everyone recognizes the people willing to go into the forest are strange. And to you, you close your eyes and you wonder for a moment if this worked. This is not a spell you, a, a, a concoction you use often. Have you used it before at all? Yes, I have. I've tried it on a couple of occasions before, um, but always in in. Times of great exigency, and never delicately, because it's dangerous. You open your eyes. You, it feels like you're closing them, but you, you know that you're opening them, because you can see the room clearly, and no one is in it. Hmm. Save for that door out into the apartments. That cavern is open, and a bright blue light rolls down it. You may ask your question. Who overheard our telepathy today. There are two parties which know of your passing, your doings, and your ways. One is close to you, was listening intently to her papers and her words. She was frightened. The other calls itself the weightless. They seek nothing more than the undoing of the weight. They know you are here. They know you are powerful. And if they cannot own you, they will crush you. Shit, 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 shit. Well, that was nearly worst case scenario. Yep. Well, ladies, I think we have we have a name for our top murder suspects. They're called the Weightless. Uh, do you say that out loud? Did you say that to the room? To the room? Um, no. 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 Nah. Okay, because you were talking about delegating the murder task, and that piece of information would get you another recruit. I'll save that for later. 
You could say it as a question and ask if anyone in the room has heard of a group called the Weightless. Yeah. I think I'll mention it. Since, you know, they trade in secrets almost. Right. So, yeah. Uh, so, I guess Carpenter, I'll, I'll ask. Carpenter uh, and Nettle, who are present, I'll say, Who are the Weightless? The Weightless? Yeah. Uh, Nettle. It's like, oh, uh, yeah, they're the... the the pervo- the performers they uh they call they consider themselves avant garde or something they're the ones who wrote that uh that play the oh, the, right. the Mesotog passion that's right it's the strangest thing i would have thought they'd been cut down but uh dagmar karpinen interrupts nettle they are the uh the personal players of prince hedvig vasa the daughter of the emperor what about them oh huh i don't like huh Huh is not a good thing. What is huh? Well, I've got some secrets of my own, but I would be suspicious of the weightless right now. Okay, that's good. Uh, sister, she, uh, Dagmar calls over to the, the druid, Sister Helka. Could you, uh, check in on the weightless? Just, uh, see what it is that they've been up to. The sister nods and, uh, heads upstairs. End of session. Yeah, sorry for that delay, but I was. Mm-hmm. I, I figure. I figure that's the first time in game that Isold has actually been like scared. Mm-hmm. Yup. So far. that makes sense. Sure. Because that was a major fuck up, and that was my fault. <laughs> yes. Yes. It Sometimes was. alchemy goes awry. Wee. What I like is that out of character. I know. I know how that communication was manifesting for them, and it's also freaking them out in a very different way. That's awesome. Yay! I love it. Um, so, the uh, end of session move, uh, I would like to ask Kaya, do you feel that any of your bonds have resolved, been explored, or are no longer relevant? Mm, no, but I think that I can finally add a bond with, with Reed. Because because I feel like Reed has shown depths of compassion and um, resoluteness when she confronted the uh, Redstone Gang and didn't actually and and like bought Riku a gumbo and stuff and and that surprised me and so I'm gonna say Reed has Reed is more balanced than I thought she was. I breathe a sigh of relief and I value her contributions more. Okay. Yeah. Uh, You don't get experience for that, but you do get that bond. Yeah. Reed, do you feel you have fulfilled or satisfied a bond? So my bonds with Isold are pretty much the same. Uh, Very mixed feelings there, both terrifying and adorable. And last time I think I mentioned, uh, I feel like... Not so much that my bond with Kaya has changed, but that I also have a new bond. And I did finally come up with some words for that. Uh, the new bond is, Kaya is willing to sacrifice her status and comfort to help me to do what is right. I owe her the same. Nice. I like it. Isold, do you feel that your bonds have changed? I don't, I don't think they have. I think that, or I don't think any current bond is resolved. I feel like I ought to add, uh... A bond with with Kaya, uh, 
that I've been underestimating Kaya for a lot of this time. Kaya understands the way of strategy. Hmm. Okay. I like it. Uh, I'm going to ask alignment questions. Kaya, what is your alignment statement? Um, neutral. Uncover a hidden truth. Oh, yes. <laughs> we figured out who the mysterious benefactor is. And are Mark in, XP. in their hidden basement right now. Awesome. Uh, and Reed, what is your alignment statement? My alignment is to ignore danger to aid another. I don't really feel like I did that so well. I mean, I didn't know. Uh, eh. I don't. I don't think that's what you did. Like the the most obvious thing is the descent into the tavern, yeah. and I don't think that was really your motivation there. Well, so my motivation was to get Riku to leave Inka alone if she wanted him to leave her alone, um, even if that meant starting a fight. Um, but it didn't end up starting a fight, so I don't think it counts. Yeah, I mean, it's real close. I think that was a pretty heroic think, thing, but I'm going to leave that. I think it only counts if it actually came to danger. Uh, uh, I'm going to say we, 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 it, we should make it more finite next time if we're going we're gonna to give you that one, which there will be plenty of opportunities given what you're about to do. Yeah, no, I'm not going to take it this time. I think it's too loose. All right. Isold, what is your alignment statement? Discover something about a magical mystery. I think, uh, well, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think that worked. Uh, all right, to all of you, did we learn something new and important about the world today? Yes. Uh, yes. All right. Uh, did we overcome a notable monster or enemy? No, not really. Well, it's not that kind of session. And did we loot a memorable treasure? Nope. 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 That gumbo was pretty memorable, but uh, that was not looted. That was paid for. I, actually, no, I did loot it. <laughs> I did steal it from that guy. Yeah, but I paid for it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I got your back. I'm good for it. <laughs> really? All right, team. Next week, we will take you all on your expedition to the Verdwood as you attempt to intercept Gene Archibus's own expedition. Gene Archibus! Thank you once again for listening to The Crooked Thimble as we play Iron Immortals. Next week marks the start of a new arc, and as such, it is an excellent time to bring in new listeners. Please, take the time to rate this podcast on iTunes or wherever you find it. Share your favorite episodes. Get the word out. We don't pay to advertise, but we do take donations to keep The Crooked Thimble running. Our music this week was composed by Sergei Cheremzinov. You may find links to his work in the show notes. The Crooked Thimble is a Patreon-funded company. If you want to hear more of these adventures, please head on over to patreon.com slash crookedthimble and support us. And, as always, thank you.